Hello and welcome to another Woodshop Podcast with Mike Coffey of Coffee Custom Builds, Daniel Dunlap of Daniel Dunlap Woodworks, and Peter Kapar of Petrie's Workshop. You can find us all as well as the podcast on Instagram and YouTube. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to yo, 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 episode yo. eight. Uh, yep. All the proceeds from today's episode will be going to the Daniel Dunlap Grow a Beard Foundation. Oh, stupid! I was gonna say, hey guys, I missed you, but you know what? No, I don't. You too. I don't miss you. What's going on, Dan? What's on the bench for you? What's on the bench? Uh, Queenside's bed. Ooh. Oh, nice. Oh. It's gonna be a different. It's going to be different. You haven't shared any of that yet, I mean, have you? I've shared a little. What What is it going to be made of? Well, I'm I'm putting some hickory. It's going to be like it, a floating. It will be wood. Floating. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be like a floating platform bed. That's right. You did share that. It's going to look like it's floating on these giant hickory beams, but obviously I'm not going to use hickory beams because it would be like 12 megatons. Um <laughs> <laughs> so i'm gonna i'm gonna create some faux beams and miter them together it's, nice. it's gonna be it's gonna be dope i'm excited about it that is cool that's gonna look sweet what about you pete oh i had an exciting week um so uh, my family and i officially uh got tested for the coronavirus and we're positive yeah <laughs> so, positive is good right yeah that's so good. we've been uh for those of you that don't know I wish, my, I wish my family could see dan's dance <laughs> My family's been like sick, uh, started with my mom, then my dad, then my fiance Emma, then finally me. And it uh, finally we're like, all right, let's just get tested because this, none of us had like breathing issues really. Uh, but then so uh, it got checked out and turned out we all had it, which is, I guess, good that it passed so uneventfully. However, uh, I got in a shop this week getting all excited because I was better. And then next day ended up in urgent care because I couldn't breathe. Um, yeah, you pushed it I'm too much. Good. Huh? Yeah, I pushed it a little bit. Um, I'm good now. I got an inhaler, um, got chest x-rays, all that stuff came back good. So I'm good. And I'm back in the shop as of yesterday and I slept well, felt amazing. So we're good. We're finally back to normal and God, I missed the shop so much. Uh, but as you, far as what's looked, on the, uh, yeah, what? sorry. You looked really bad the other day. Oh. Like I was like, <laughs> I oh, know. poor Pete. I mean, it's not like an insult. Pete, I mean, you just looked no, real pale I and I just felt so Pete. bad for you and you wanted to be in there so bad. <laughs> I did. I'm moderately happy you didn't die. Thank you. Right. <laughs> I'm a solid eight, three eight out, out of ten, ten on your living. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what's on the bench is actually I just finished the um, the set of drawers for underneath my CNC. My looks CNC straight. station looks like a bomb went off. I don't <laughs> use the tool enough because it's constantly a mess and it like takes me 10, 20, 30 minutes to just set up a, a print or a cut. Um, so now I have a set of drawers and it's freaking awesome. And it's got a walnut front because say it with me when in doubt, walnut, walnut, walnut every yep. all day, every day. Um, and I use some old, uh, half inch slabs that I had in here, um, that Emma actually found on Craigslist for me <laughs> once. Half inch slabs. Yeah. Can you even call them slabs if they're half inch? Well, they're live edge and then some of them were <laughs> boards. So they're slabs. <laughs> okay. But it was actually beautiful walnut underneath and it looks like crap on a shelf, but it's so nice once it's planed and cleaned. Um, so I got that. So I'm excited. I'm going to start hopefully CNCing a little more this week. And, um, and then hopefully the shelf hardware is going to come in and I can finish those damn shelves already. Um, but yeah, that's about it. What about you, Mike? 
Well, real quick, what thickness did you go on the ply for the boxes? Um, half. It's half inch ply for the sides, three quarter inch ply for the bases or like the actual supports uh, because I wanted to make sure that this thing can hold up. The CNC is pretty damn heavy. Um, mm. The whole thing's, I think, over 100 pounds, definitely. Uh, so I just want to make sure that it's nice and flat and level and I don't have any issues with uh, with this thing bowing because they you know, or even just being twisted. So that's the other pain in the butt is as soon as I move it, I'm going to have to re-level the whole thing because um, if you twist the whole frame, you can actually knock it out of square and then you got to re-square it. Mm-hmm. But, but what about the actual yeah. drawer boxes? The drawer boxes is half inch ply. All half inch ply? Yeah. yeah. All half that's inch ply, including the, the bottom as well, just to be <clears> nice <throat> and solid. Had yeah, some nice sure. uh, drawer slides in the in the shop. That's what I make my drawer boxes out of. Yeah, me too. Inch ply. Yep. Yeah. And then the, the front is just a little bit over a quarter, uh, quarter inch of walnut. Nice. And I'm going to put some yep. walnut handles, some like dovetail style handles on there. Just Quarter inch walnut slabs. Quarter, <laughs> quarter inch walnut slabs. <laughs> That's perfect for drawer fronts. Yeah. I mean, it's going to look great. How are you attaching them? Um, it got just pop screws from the other side. Pop screws. I mean, yeah. Just, just enough to grab them. Yep. It look, looks pretty good. I mean, the cool. handles are going to be screwed into the actual drawer base anyway. All the so way through. It's not like I'm pulling on the actual face. So right, should right. be good. But That's yeah, how I do it. Looks too. Nice. And it's nice because it's continuous two drawers, but it's continuous grain because you got it. It looks good, dude. Yeah. It looks so yeah. good. Anyways, but anyway, Mikey. I've got the um, – I'm almost – I'm actually finally almost done with the guitar. <laughs> um, uh, I had some issues with finish this week. Um, it was very frustrating. I've never – I used a, a gel poly that I've been using a lot. Uh, I've never had issues with it. It actually calls for no sanding on the on the label. Um, hmm. Well, it says – it doesn't call for no sanding. It says sanding between coats, not necessary. And I've wow. never sanded oh. between coats, ever. And I've put this on probably 30 things, and I've never had an issue. And it looks, it looks great. So um, I don't know what happened, but I basically – Thursday night or Friday night, it's Sunday now for reference, uh, I sanded the whole thing back down with 240, almost back to the wood, started over, put two new coats on it, thing looks amazing. So, And I didn't do sanding between coats, and it looks great. So, um, <clears throat> But it's done. The last bit of finish is going on the neck right now, and that should be done tonight around 6, and I'll be able to attach the neck, and I just realized I probably don't have strings for it. Which is a bummer. Um, I got I got to go run and grab some strings tomorrow for it if I can, if anything's open for that, and then it'll be ready to play. I already tested the electronics; all the electronics are set. It works great. I cannot wait to fire it up. When do you think you'll be able to play that thing? I'm hoping tomorrow. As long as I can find nice. strings, I'll be able to play it tomorrow. I just can't wait. I might, if I can find a set of strings, I'll be able to play it tonight. So, um, I just can't wait to play it. Um, and then I'm working on this prototype nightstand. Um, that's a prototype. It's just prototype more because I'm using a new tool with it and I'm using a design I've never used. And I just want to kind of flesh it out because I'm going to be building two more nightstands exactly like it out of nicer wood. And I just want to have my design and processes down before I jump into it. So, and it's coming out good. It looks really good. I'm really happy with it. Uh, I just got it out of clamps this morning. Everything's perfectly square. Everything's lined up. It looks really good. So I got to do some finish sanding. I got to build the backer backer board, build the drawer boxes, and then spray it. I should be done in a few di- a few nights with that. And then also on my workbench, my son has been wanting to build a birdhouse with me for about a week. So I finally found some 
cheapo plans offline. I just downloaded for free and uh, we're going to be building a birdhouse today. So that's going to oh, be super neat. bad. That's cool. Yeah, he's, he's like, I, Dad, I want to build a birdhouse. I was like, awesome. I think he's thinking we're building a bird's nest. But he's saying birdhouse, so we'll see how disappointed he is. Well, they technically nest in the house. That's the goal. So. Right. Exactly. That reminds me, a couple of years ago, my kids wanted to build birdhouses. We built a birdhouse. Me and my daughter built a birdhouse. And then my son changed his mind and he said, I want to build a bird store. And I was like, a bird store? He goes, yeah, somewhere where they can go and eat. And I was like, oh, you want to be- build a bird feeder. Okay. Bird so we store. built a bird store. That's awesome. <laughs> he was he was like four or five. A bird cafeteria. Kids are awesome. The way they see things bird is so funny. <laughs> a bird mall with a bird fountain. A bird, and a bird Zappos. And a, a bird no, wait, Zappos. No, I'm thinking of yeah. Zazzle. What's that's a shoe store, store right? Yes, yeah. yeah. That's a shoe store. Zappos is online. They're still hanging Isn't that up a subreddit? Birds with shoes birds. or something like that? I don't know. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so weird over there. Like uh, I really like that frame though. The the way you you cut that forty five in the front is it the bevel? The bevel, it's yeah, a, it's, yeah it's a forty. So nice. It is a forty five. It's a I don't know what you call it. A beveled carcass, beveled yeah. face. I don't know. Dan would know. He's the professional. Beveled face, beveled face. Yeah, it looks good. It's like yeah. a mid century modern. I've got like three different designs for the feet. Originally, the carcass was going to sit on the ground, and then I was going to do a toe kick, and it just doesn't match the style. It would just look too utilitarian with a toe kick. So I've got like three designs for feet <clears throat> and I think I've got it narrowed down. So I'm, they're going to be like a anger angled two sided taper. They'll be pretty thin and pretty short. They're just, I just want to rise, raise it off the ground like an inch and a half. Nothing, nothing serious. So hoping to have that design today. I'll use the domino to attach those and that'll be done. And then I've got, like I was telling you, I'm waiting for my new drill press to come in. I mean, it was supposed to land on Monday, uh, tomorrow, uh, and uh, there's no word on it yet. So I guess the company who makes it is pretty far backed up on the orders. So can't wait for that to come in. That's going to be really nice. I've got some stuff lined up for that already for projects. So, but other than that, I think that's really it for the for my workbench. Just trying to stay busy. Dope. So, what were we going to discuss for a topic? I already forgot. <laughs> oh, um, we were, of course, going to discuss... Just, what were we just BSing about earlier? <laughs> My mind wiped. I should have wrote it down. Did we all how, that. how important is shop layout in a low-volume shop? Yes. So we'll jump into that right now, but that wasn't what it was. <laughs> that wasn't it? No, there was another thing. Oh, we Fusion. Kind of, uh, fusion, yes. Fusion. Let's talk about Fusion first, because we've got this... So podcasting thing we're down. So guys. good. We're gonna. <laughs> I mean, we're out, number right? sixty six no, in Norway. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're big in so, Norway. Not number one. Yeah, right. <laughs> so f- yesterday, Saturday, Pete hopped on a call with me and Dan because me and Dan are wanting to learn fusion. Pete knows fusion because his brain is huge, <laughs> and uh, we so we all hopped on a call and Pete. Graciously taught us how to you know the real real basics like how to just get started in fusion. Crazy. It was like how to open the program and then not start your computer on fire. So (laughs) it was like (laughs) real basic stuff. But yeah, Pete hopped in there and man, I am super excited to get in there more. And it was really nice of Pete to teach us that. But we had a good time, and I just think that um, you know, I just want to jump into why I want to learn fusion. I want to learn Fusion because I want to be able to design my projects prior to making them, but I also want to make plans that I can make available to people, and that's 
really my goal with them is I really I really want to make plans. I get I get a lot of requests for plans for projects I build, and as I finally transition into more furniture builds, I know that's going to come up more and more. Um, I just think it's a good idea to. It, it's just good to be able to sketch out and have your projects laid out before you jump into them. And it's something I'm trying to. Tr- for, let me let me put a caveat on that. For me, I think it's good when I go into a project to have a design laid out. I don't think everyone has to do that by any means. There's no like line on that where it's like, oh, if you're not if you're not setting up plans, you're not a good woodworker. I don't think that at all. There's p- great woodworkers who go into it and no plan and make amazing stuff. And they're yeah, Dan's raising his <laughs> hand. You guys can't see that, but uh, for me, um, you know, plans are good because and they're going to change. That's the bottom line. Like I'm not sometimes sometimes things work on paper. And they just don't work in real life and they don't look exactly how they look on a screen or on a piece of paper. So, but I still want to get into it. I still want to learn it and I want to do it. So that's kind of my goals with it. What about you, Dan? My goals is basically the same as you. Uh, I get a lot of requests for plans. Yep. I, I I would love to share plans with people. But on the other hand, like I design and build on the fly a lot of the times. I'll sketch out like a rough a rough sketch of like the, the outside dimensions mm-hmm. of a project and just kind of like what I kind of want it to basically look like, but it would be nice to have a more precise d- yeah. design to go off of. Yep. It would, it would make things flow a lot better, I think. Mm-hmm. But then that does take away a little, a little bit of the d- design freedom that I have right. when, I'm, when I'm building as I go. But you don't have to stay so to that design. No, clearly not. I mean, but and that's it, a, would, it would still it would still be nice to be able to do it post project, make a make a a plan post project so I could share it with people and say this is how I did it. Maybe not something to follow, but something to right. You don't have to follow these exact yeah. numbers, and that's that's the thing. Like, I mean, if I build a nightstand for my house. It's not going to necessarily make sense for everyone's house because people have different mm-hmm. bed heights. People have different mattresses. There's all kinds of factors that don't make a lot of sense, but it's good referential material. And, you know, I have never seen plans that are super expensive from anyone who makes plans in this community. Um, I think they're like a few bucks, you know, <clears throat> and it's just a that's exactly it. Like it, it's not a hard plan because it doesn't it doesn't work for everyone. There's some things where it's like, yeah, you kind of need to follow the plans for this, but. I just, I just think that they, like Dan just said, it's a, it's a, it's a good place to reference. And a lot of times you'll see this long list of items and you can kind of go through and check them off as you go, which is helpful yeah. too. Cause sometimes you just get lost in the process. Yeah. A lot of people like that. I mean, I do. I write down a list for before projects of where I'm, how I'm ordering things out and I just check them off and you know, those plans can do the same thing. And then if you, like you said, Dan, if you make a design and you change it, you, the thing about fusion is you can just jump back in there and re and edit the design to what you ended up actually doing. Right. Exactly. So it's just, it's a huge value. So. Now, Peter? So I kind of want to go a little deeper with just not fusion, but you know, designing, as a whole, obviously a lot of us just kind of go into the shop and just start a project and that's perfectly fine. I think we talked about this last week or two weeks ago. Somebody asked us about our workflow for designing stuff. Other people like to draw stuff out. My good friend, Glenn Guarino, uh, from Guarino Design, he, he draws multiple versions of every single project out. Uh, but then he doesn't really, he sketches everything. He sketches the designs. He does work with a lot of flowing and curves uh, and that type of design. So for him, that works best. 
And then he just does rough measurements written down, but he doesn't actually make like a plan for it. Um, but then there are people, a lot of people in our space that use, for example, SketchUp. SketchUp is great. I don't want to say anything bad about it because it's, first of all, it's free. It's phenomenal. A lot of really good makers use it because it it's fairly easy to learn. It's got a you know nice low cost of entry, you could say, to get into it. There's a lot of resources out there. I mean, April Wilkerson teaches a SketchUp class uh, at pretty much every conference that happens that has anything to do with tools or woodworking. Um, I think she has some videos up as well on that. And I initially got started with SketchUp. Um, it's got a really nice resource called, I think there's a, a it's an add-on that you have to add to it. That's a, a cut list add-on. Yeah, it's an add-on. So you, yeah, yeah. So basically plug you can just to plug it. Yeah, plug in. So you can just make a cut list, which is really nice to have if you're going to Lumberyard or if you're just working with sheet goods, especially because uh, you know how much you need. But where I finally hit a wall with SketchUp was it was limited in exporting to any kind of three-dimensional, you know, software like for CNC or 3D printing. Um, that's when I started looking at Fusion. Now, for those of you that don't know, uh, Fusion from Autodesk is free for makers and uh, any individuals that simply don't use this for like a business. I think there's technically a stipulation for like what, under a hundred thousand? It was, it was under a hundred thousand. Yeah. If your business yeah. makes over a hundred thousand, then they want you to pay, which makes sense. If you're making a, over a hundred thousand dollars a year, I think the yearly price was like a few hundred bucks. And that just yeah. is a cost of business at that point. It just at that point, sense. it's an easy expense. And Fusion, now when these guys say I taught them some Fusion, let's just make this clear. I know like <laughs> 10% of Fusion. And it he is, taught us 1% of that knowledge, <laughs> it, it, which is 100% more than I knew coming in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the thing is, I do a lot. I mean, recently uh, I designed from scratch just with a caliper and measuring the old dust collector on my bandsaw. I designed a new one with a larger uh, port for my shop vac. And I did all that with the knowledge I have, but it's still just barely scratching the surface. Uh, Fusion's a great resource, but it is a very high cost cost of entry because you have to learn a lot just to get to the basics. Um, but with that, I do all my designing in that. I design my square in that. I do all my custom uh, logos on there um, for any designs I want. I show the guys how to make like, we made like a little tray with Mike's logo on it and showed them how to do all that. It, it does do a lot of fun things with not too many steps, but there's just so much in there. Uh, between, you know, you can do all your CNC work, exporting tool paths and importing all the tools from Tools Today, Amana, Bits, Bits, all those guys into the program and do all your CNC work. Or you can export into a 3D printer. Um, or you can simply just design. I mean, most of, most things that are being made these days are made in Fusion. It is a very hard program to learn. But if you run into an issue in Fusion, literally a quick Google search will find a resolution for you. That's how I learn 90% of the time. I'll be having fun. I'll be having a blast and then I'll hit a wall. And then 10 minutes later, I'm past the wall because I just found two, two videos on YouTube. So it's definitely worth checking out if you're, if you're looking to get into it. I'm so happy that these guys are showing interest in it because it's just fun to plan out. You know, within I'm super excited about 30 it. minutes, you can have plans for the project you just built. Like uh, this, mm -hmm. this shelf, I had all the pieces cut and then I went into Fusion and made a cut list because I just wanted to kind of see what it's going to look like when it's done. And it was just question, kind of fun. question for you, Pete. Yeah. Is there no pr like plugin or program you can export from Fusion to get a cut list on? I thought there was. Um, There might be. 
And okay, I, okay, again, okay. it's like one of those things you. where like, I haven't even gotten into it. Um, you know, the, one of the next things I want to work on is you can actually, you can animate your, um, your project. You can make it right. move or show parts that are moving like a drawer moving out. So when I designed these drawers, I kind of stopped at that point where I was adding drawer slides because I couldn't, I just didn't know how to make the animation. I just kind of stopped editing for the night. Um, but it's, you know, it's definitely worth checking out even for just some basic, like the stuff that we did today, uh, mm-hmm. not, uh yesterday, yesterday, we just yeah. did a basic little design, but it showed all of your cut pieces. You can apply appearances to it to make it look like walnut, plywood, maple, metal, whatever you want. Uh, and it really brings your project to life before you even start working on it. And for all you know, you might design it in there and look at it and go, I hate that. That's stupid. Why would I design the legs like that? And it really helps to visualize it before you start cutting maybe that, you know, four inch by four inch piece of walnut that you paid a lot of money for, uh, for the legs and you don't want to waste that. So designing it might be a good idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Maximize your, uh, potential with your wood and your time and everything. It helps you, you, you can, you can spend less time spinning your wheels, trying to make something work in the shop and cutting up wood and making sawdust. You can do it digitally on your computer it makes a lot of sense yeah. if you're tr- i mean you know if you're doing this as like a weekend warrior kind of thing that's great uh there's nothing wrong with that um you probably don't need to get into like designing stuff i mean you can for fun if you enjoy the actual program which i actually am really excited about it I'm, i really want to get into it more just to learn it it's very cool but if you're trying to show a client your idea this will allow you to do that and you can, you're not, you're, you're not having to rely on like a verbal handshake, you know, Hey, I've got this design. You can actually show them a design and you can actually get them to initial it. And then, you know, if you get into some sort of uh dispute and it escalates, you have, uh, you have some paperwork that you can hold, hold them to. Yep. I mean, it, it's just something that's, that's a great idea. I mean, for, you know, I work in the construction industry, document everything. You know, if you're making like a cutting board, it doesn't really matter. There's there's like no liability. If something gets messed up, just make a new one for the, which we'll get into that. Signed off on these colors. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You said three species, light, dark, light. I'm going to sue you. No, it's, it's it's just one of those things where like, if you're getting into like expensive, bigger builds, like Dan's building a bed, you know, if he build, he, he spends three weeks on a project and the person goes, Hey, this isn't what I agreed to. And then goes, no, no. Your initials right here. Uh, give me my money. You know, it's one of those things you can. You really just want to think about. You can have that in your back pocket. That's a good point because and, and mean, Dan has it fleshed out more, and he's not going to. He can probably mac. You can spend thirty minutes designing, like Pete said, make the whole thing, and it probably eliminates a couple hours of wasting your time trying to design it on the fly and wasting material and no wasting one. material. Mm. Yep. And all of that yeah, is actually, saved. All those measurements work. are saved in your account. So and it's. Uh, it's web-based, so you can and actually view it anywhere. So if somebody actually wants to see it on, on the fly, you can show them on your phone. I downloaded the app, and I can look at my my projects I made yesterday on here. It is so cool. Like, yeah. you can actually oh, jump. Done that yet. Yeah, you, you can actually – you down. it'll download it, and then you can uh, – uh, you can look at the look at the file on your phone. You can – if you're talking to them in person, and then you can – Or if you're just working in the shop and you don't <laughs> have a computer in there. Right. You don't have to keep going back and forth. I've got my I – got, I got my new iPad coming. I can leave my iPad out there plugged in, leave the design up. I can move around. You can nice. explode the design. Exactly. And you can jump in there. You can look at every piece. It's super cool. You don't have to waste paper. You're. It's just really cool. I'm really excited about it. This is a program that is – for me, for May, this is one of the things I wanted to do in May. 
And I just really appreciate Pete, Pete taking the time out to show me. And I know Dan feels the same way how to use it. So, um, yeah. It's and just, think of all, like, even when I, I was selling you guys or sending you guys the squares and anyone that's bought a square for me, I literally send you videos of me rotating your logo on top of one of the squares before it's ever even printed. You'll see it right. on there. You see how the light hits it. It's nice because it, it actually has like a light effect in it too. So you can see how it interacts in the real world a little bit. So it's really cool. It's and cool. if you could do that with, a, with cool. a full project and then have those measurements saved, it, it's really nice. Now, again, don't this, I cannot stress enough the kind of the high cost of entry. It's time. It's a lot of time. Uh, but, I recommend anyone if that's serious about it, go to the Fusion site, download the trial, uh, and then you can just make it a full active account after you download the trial. Um, and then take their lessons. They have a set of lessons in there that are literally the most like basic, like this is how you point, this is how you move. Just grind your teeth through it. I did that last year and I needed that um, because eventually it got to the point where I was like, oh, okay, whoa, I got to pause. I got to stop. Let me try that again. Let me go through it. And I learned a lot just from that one little thing. And for a whole week, every single night for about an hour or two, I just sat down and cranked out a video. Um, so it's definitely worth checking out if you're really interested. And if you need yeah. uh, some recommendations on resources, just shoot me a message. I'll uh, I'll point you in the right direction if I can. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, it's super great. I'm really excited about it. And I just cannot wait to do more of it. Like, I'm just really excited. Uh, I'm going to be in there tonight. I'm going to be in there. I'm actually, I told you my minimum is I want three days this week where I hop in there for an hour, but I'm probably going to start hopping in there every night and calling it quits a little, little earlier in the shop just because I'm so excited about it. It's technically still shop time. Like when I do printing, 3d printing and designing, I count that as shop time. I'm not physically in a shop, but I'm putting in work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Makes sense. Um, well, that was that on that topic. Um, we want to, I'm actually had iCloud close out on me so I can actually see any of these questions. So do we want to jump into the voicemails first? Like, we yeah, let's do. do it. Oh, wait, we've got, we should get, do we want to get into topics? I mean, we're already 25 minutes in or do we want to jump into questions or do we want to, I, I, I like do, those topics. Let's, let's do, do those topics. Well, let's, yeah, let's do the one about the volume, uh, low volume <laughs> shop. Cause I, I, I find that very interesting. I do okay. too. Um, let's do it real quick. Can you read that one, Pete? So basically, how important is shop layout in a low volume shop? Uh, meaning, you know, if, you, if you're a weekend warrior, if you're not doing this for a living, like, is shop layout really that important? Uh, what do you, what do you guys think, Mike? Uh, you know, I'm a stickler for shop layout. Uh, it's very important to me. Um, my old shop was pretty small and I had it. F- Towards the end, it was so well optimized. It actually had a it had a really good flow for what it was in there, and I was really happy with that shop. Um, I moved into this area in my other side of my garage, and I, the flow in there is so nice. Everything's centered around the table saw, which to me I think is the best thing in a shop because it's the tool you're going to use the most. And in my opinion, it's the tool you're going to use the most in a shop, and um, it's really important to me that when I was designing it that the, the table saw was in the center and everything was sort of around it. And because my shop is a perfect square, that makes the most sense. So I'm, you're always going to be optimizing, or at least you should always be optimizing your shop. And as you get into newer things or le- learn newer techniques, you're going to need a new station for those new techniques. You're going to need to be able to have a spot where you can 
kind of plug and play with that new thing. If you're doing dovetails, all of a sudden you want to have a little station where you can do your hand tool work. Uh, if you're picked up a new, t- every time we get a new tool, it seems like you have to reorganize your shop flow. I mean, every time, yeah. every time you get a new tool that introduces something new into your shop, for me at least, you have to re, you have to integrate it into your current flow and optimize that, that, the shop space. So I think it's really important. I mean, it's, it's really important and it will maximize. If you're doing, even if you're not doing this anything for money, um, it's just less frustrating, at least for me. For me, it's less frustrating when you're, when you're like, oh man, I feel, when I'm being as efficient as I can, I feel really good about things. Um, and I was actually just thinking about this this morning and I, this is a whole nother topic, but it's just like, um, for me, like there's two different sides of woodworking that I find very, very enjoyable. <clears throat> and one comes from just like the best tool for the, or not the best tool for the job, but the most efficient tool for the job. So there's some enjoyment for me that comes from, there's a lot of enjoyment for me that comes from working with a domino because it's so efficient, but then there's this whole other aspect of like hand tool work that's so enjoyable because it feels more rewarding. So what I'm trying to get to is I want, I think all these things have a place in my shop. I want the domino. I want the hand tool stuff, but I have to work it in my shop in a way that where it flows really well with each other and I can maximize what I do with it. So, um, for Dan, that might be a little different. For Pete, that might be a little different. And for everyone, it's probably a little different. But you need to maximize what it is for you. And that's kind of my thoughts on that. What about you, Dan? Yeah, I'm in, I'm in kind of agreement. Um, <clears throat> I think it's going to depend on your situation. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I can't speak for everybody. Right. In my shop, it's important simply because I'm limited on space. I wouldn't consider myself high volume yet. You know, I do about one big project a month. So that's still pretty low volume. Um, layout is, is important simply because I need to s- maximize or optimize the space. I need to optimize how many tools I can fit into a, a, a small space. And you do so big I'm projects. Not looking, yeah, I do big projects and I'm not looking for the best flow simply because I don't need to, I'm not a high production uh, shop, but I need to get as much tools in and use my space the best as possible. So that's why it's important to me. Right. Makes sense. Pete? Pete? I disagree. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, yeah, I think uh, shop layout, isn't always the problem. I think ease of access to the tools is the bigger issue because there's plenty of people that have all their tools kind of stashed in a corner all all up against the wall and you still have to like, you know, kind of get, move a tool out of the way or something. But I think being able to either have that tool already plugged in or have a plug very easily available is important because Mm -hmm. at one point, in my shop, my shop layout was all of my tools were on the right wall. None of the power was on a right wall. And I was sharing uh-huh. a single plug. So it, it, it's it's not, I had a nice layout, but it was non-functional because I still had to move stuff around. Now I have it so, you know, I have three of a joiner, a bandsaw, and my drum sander all lined up behind me. I'm recording in a shop today. Um, and it's, it's not well optimized because there's literally slabs in front of them or behind them. So I can't really push them as far back. But if I need to use them, A, they're all plugged in. But B, I still have to move them out. So they're 
they are accessible enough for me, but I still need to move a little bit. It's not ideal. And I am very much a low volume shop. I pretty much do hobbyist woodworking and some projects to sell. So yes, layout is ideal to have everything kind of have its space and always be on. But at the very least, you should make sure that you have either a permanent, you know, either like a extension cable or some kind of industrial uh, strength power strip that's running to a set of tools. So you're able to turn on any one of them, even if you do have to kind of move some stuff to get to it. Because uh, I found my myself using tools less and less. I was actually not using my bandsaw and my drill press for the longest time because they were just heavy and I didn't feel like running the cable to them. Uh-huh. That makes sense. You really do want your stuff. You don't want to have something hindering you, like you're saying, from getting to the tool you need. I mean, you need to... That's a very, very solid point. I didn't bring that up. I mean, that's really... Ultimately, that's the whole goal, I guess, of the organization. I, I mean, mean if, if you're going to organize your shop, that's the goal, right? Is to have it so that everything is either readily available or quickly available, I guess, as quickly as you can make it. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, I've got a couple of tools that I've purchased recently that come in these really nice boxes. I don't want to keep them in those boxes. Yeah. <laughs> like, I I'm like, I'm going to, I've got to take them. I mean, they're, I have to pull the box out, open the box up, pull the tool out, then use it. It's just another, it's just added time to set up. It just to me is like, man, I'm not, I'm not going to keep it in those boxes. It's a silly waste of time to me. That's a really good point. I didn't even think of like small tools, but that's another thing. Like what if they're all just tossed in a drawer? What if they're mm-hmm. in a cabinet or if they're in their boxes? Because yeah. I kept some tools in boxes. Like, I mean, my sprayers are in boxes and I probably use them right. less because they're in boxes and they're behind a bunch of stuff now. Yeah. For, for mm-hmm. me, like I don't like cabinet doors. I don't like doors in shops for mm-hmm. me. I don't like doors. If I have to have anything, I'm going to do drawers, but I really like more than anything horizontal spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, like all my, the cabinets that I made for my shop, they don't have drawers or doors. They're just open face shelves. So I can throw stuff in there and I can see what's in there. I'm not trying, I don't, the shops look really, really nice when they have all the drawers and doors and all the cab, everything's in there. They look really nice. But to me, it's just another step to get to your tool. Um, I personally don't want it in my shop. There are some things I do have some drawers. I have like this map cabinet and then I made a copy of my map cabinet for my, my tool drawer. But there's a lot of tools in there that I just don't use very often. They're like one offs and like one drawer is dedicated to like electrical work, which I don't, I don't do ever, you know, but I need them in an organized spot. So, you know, those are the tools that I don't need to get to, but like my hand planes, all the, everything on my French cleat wall, that stuff gets used nonstop. Um, I have the whole shelf underneath my outfit table where I have a bunch of hand power tools underneath there. I just don't like enclosing tools. I don't like having to spend time getting to them. So yeah, it's a really solid point. Yeah, it's a good, anyway. good layout chat. Yeah. I like that. <clears throat> All right. Well, yeah. pep talk over. And have, um, yeah, have, <laughs> if, if anything, more than anything, have vertical space or horizontal spaces, horizontal have, spaces. have tables, yep. Yep. have spaces to actually work on because for a while, that was when I first got started. I had no real workbench, and it sucked. I was literally doing everything on top of my table saw, my little table saw, and it was like a tiny space. <laughs> you know? My first workbench was a couple of saw horses and an old solid core door. Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, <laughs> just got it. You just got to you just got to make it work. But you'll you'll com- you'll you'll continually optimize your shop, and eventually, it's going to get to a point oh, where yeah. you're just going to be like. This looks good in here, and I'm That's really proud of this. Shop optimization yep. doesn't stop. No, never. It hasn't stopped for me in 
three or four years <laughs> that I've been doing this. I don't think it ever does. It never stops. No, and it's it's not. <laughs> and everything, Mike's right. Because every I'm time gonna you always want to upgrade, and you're gonna have to like re. Yep. Every time you get a new the, tool, screw something up. Yeah, I was just talking to Mike before we uh, started this. I'm thinking about putting a TV in the shop. I'm yep. gonna have to move some things around. Yep, it's nice having a TV in there. I love it. It, it is. Yeah, I want to just put uh, YouTube videos song. up and stuff. Oh, yeah. Or the office, yes, <laughs> yes, of course. Yeah, YouTube videos is nice if I'm trying to catch up with everyone's content that I like. You know, I'm just in there if I'm doing something tedious. I can connect. I have my Apple TV out there. I can connect my AirPods to my Apple TV, throw them to my ears, nice. throw have YouTube up while I'm doing sanding or something. That's what I'm going to be doing today. I got to sand that nightstand and catch up on everyone's YouTubes. That's funny because uh, all my could you retired just put mine on repeat. Thanks. <laughs> all my retired <laughs> electronics are going into the shop, so I have a, a maybe a mm-hmm. 16 inch TV that has. Ooh. Only has like component and VGA in, so it has oh. an old component. <laughs> and for those of you that are too young to know, that's when you had the little three color cables red, white, and yellow <laughs> from a Roku to that, and then to some old speakers. And that is my my TV in the shop. It, I mean, it works though, I, I can watch, I can watch YouTube, Roku, all that stuff. It's just slow as hell. I have an old tube TV upstairs somewhere with a built in VHS. <laughs> VCR. <laughs> Maybe I'll take that to the shop. It's a great idea. Build it's a, got a UHF connection for, for the it. rabbit ear. No, you just need one of those like uh, those doctor's office mounts that are like, or they used to be in schools that are super strong. They can hold a yeah. tube TV. It's made out of half inch tube steel welded together. <laughs> <laughs> I took I, I I went fancy and I got like some Black Friday thirty two inch flat TV for like eighty bucks on oh, Amazon. Nice. It was like dirt cheap threw that in there it was well i'm so glad i did it it's nice and then my dad was getting rid of some speakers he asked if i want them there's some indoor outdoor speakers i just put them up on my wall there's bluetooth speakers it connects right to my alexa and to my uh my apple tv so it's nice. nice yeah i already have a big bluetooth speaker in my shop that i jam music on right the neighbors hate it but <laughs> who cares <laughs> i'll just hook that up to my tv <laughs> well right, uh jump let's into some questions let's jump well let's jump into yeah, this yeah, you yeah, guys yeah. want to get into this tools that too good to be true or is that too long should we jump into questions because <laughs> that can go for a while maybe we'll bring that up skip. next week <laughs> yeah we'll bring it up next week <laughs> uh, uh let me jump into some questions here we'll um let me find them first unprofessional this one is from ben with condorosa customs and he's asking about customer service um basically well you'll see it's when a project goes wrong or not as originally planned and how to deal with the customer. Here we go. Hey guys, this is Ben with Condorosa Creations. Just had a quick question about customer service and I was wondering, I recently made a cutting board for a customer with a juice groove and had an issue. It was my first time doing it and I messed it up and I ended up having to reinvent the board and put a 45 on the bottom to fix it and the customer was happy. Um, Luckily, but I was just wondering if you guys could speak to what happens in your guys' shops, if you guys have any sort of mistake when it comes to customer products that you guys are creating, and uh, how do you guys deal with that? If you guys could speak to that as a new business owner, I'd really appreciate it. I love the podcast, and uh look forward to your guys' answer. Have a great day. Dan. Well, first of all, I don't point out the mistake. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, a, a lot of times clients don't see the things that you see. You're you're your biggest critic, first of all. 
Always. Or at least I am. Uh, Sometimes (laughs) you get exterior critics. (laughs) Have you met my mother? (laughs) (laughs) Typically, I am my biggest critic. For sure. Definitely. And I will always see that mistake. As soon as I look at a project and I know I made a mistake, my eye goes right to that mistake. Mm -hmm. Now, your client's not going to see that, probably, unless there's some kind of anal freak. (laughs) But... So I don't point out the mistake. But if they mention it, I will say, oh, yeah, uh, if you're unhappy with that, I will do whatever I can to make it right. You know, you, you do whatever you can to make it right by the client. You want to keep them happy as, as much as possible. If that means starting over, then so be it. Yeah. Um, that's all about making it right in my book. Um, sometimes that happens and you just got to got to bite down and do it. Yeah, I mean, there's just. If the if word gets out that you're not taking p- care of people, right, you're gonna tank. <laughs> you have to take care of people if they're not happy with something. If you can't, you got to find some way to rectify it uh, somehow. Mm-hmm. And and some you just got to discuss it with them because if you don't and they feel unsatisfied, that word will get out. And it's so hard. I mean, it's so hard to get sales. Um, right. I mean, well, not for everyone. I guess some people are just drowning in sales. But if you're getting started, for me, it's hard to get back into sales. Like I kind of completely shut down my shop when I moved and now I'm trying to get back into it and I'm going to have to really spend time getting my name back out there. Whereas before I was just so busy over the fall and in the winter and now it's just dead. And if I started doing stuff and people were like, Oh, this guy doesn't deliver. You're going to die. I mean, your business will die too. I mean, you can still do woodworking, but you're not going to be able to make a living off of it. Right. It's just, it's just I've really been important. I've been an entrepreneur since 2009, Mm -hmm. basically, and I've been doing this full-time since 2011. Not necessarily woodworking, but photography and Mm -hmm. whatever. Um, One of my mottos ever since I started doing this is the client may not always remember the product that you give them, but they will always remember how you made them feel. Right. Oh, yeah. Make them feel like rock stars. I can't remember where I learned that, but that has been some solid advice. Make them feel important and heard and like they're your top client ever it doesn't matter what they're getting it, just and make them feel heard they are important i mean they're you have nothing without a customer if you're trying to make a business out of it so you, you don't even have to you really shouldn't fake it you really should be excited to work with this person oh absolutely i'm not saying person. fake it oh i don't think you are i know you're not you're, you're all about <laughs> that's not what i'm meaning to i'm not implying that at all <clears throat> how dare you i know i'm sorry i can't believe you'd say that no it's um but yeah, people Agreed. will always remember how you made them feel over over the product. Yep. It's that's it's, what will stick with people. For sure. Pete. I totally agree. Yes. What? I I mean, I've <laughs> uh for those of you that don't know, I've basically been in customer service or basically jobs where I have to help people uh and now in IT for the last 15 years and I I've always been all about making somebody feel good. I don't you know, at the end of the day, if I have to eat the cost on a project and, you know, even give someone, if, if I make a cutting board and there's some defect with it or something happens or it cracks, I will, if for some reason, I think it might be a defect or a customer is just upset and it's not a massive expense to me, I will gladly make them a new one or eat the cost or refund them. Um, it, that's not a problem to me because I think you're, you guys are right. Getting your, your reputation, your word out, uh, about your business is more important than, you know, 
$100, $200 sale or whatever. Now, if this is a massive project, obviously you want to try to find a middle ground. You know, if I built like a cabinet or some kind of bed for someone and they weren't satisfied, all right, maybe I discount it and I take a loss and basically just get covered for supplies or something. I'd rather take a loss on a single job than have a bad reputation on 10 jobs. And right. I mean, a perfect example, I, you know, cause I, obviously I design a lot of stuff and 3d print it. One of them was an adapter for, uh, the dust, right? Host kit. I sold several and of the, uh, the five or six that I sold two people were very, I guess they didn't understand the description or whatever. And they were using it incorrectly. And I pulled the product because at that point, if, if you're, if you're at that point, it's my fault. I think I designed it or I described it incorrectly. So people aren't getting it, or maybe it's not refined enough to where it's a good product. And I basically just, I refunded both of those people. I took, they kept the product. I gave them the money back. It was a minor loss on my part, but I rather not create any future issues with this product until I have it refined. You know, it's, it's a small loss to me, but I rather just make people happy. And they no, were very happy smart. that I gave the money back. You said two out of what? <clears throat> two out of six. And to me, that's like a major I mean, failure that, rate. That's a lot. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, that's not an attack yeah. on you. I mean, that, you did the smart thing by pulling it because two out of six, you know, that's three out of 10 or whatever. And it just, that's a huge percentage of, it probably wouldn't have continued down that path, but had it continued down that path, I'd rather it could not. have been very detrimental to your brand. I'm growing my Etsy. That's getting right. my internet name out. And I want to make sure that, that those are good reviews. Luckily, mm-hmm. don't, you know, those people, they didn't leave poor reviews. They reached out to me directly. I wanted to make it right. And think of it this way. At the end of the day, if you were, let's say you make cutting boards and you sell 10 cutting boards a month and once every three months or once every six months, you have someone complain or whatever, and you have to eat the cost on that cutting board, refund them the 100, 200 bucks, whatever, you're not in the hole. You're still fine. And that customer is going to be overjoyed and blown away that you just refunded the money and, you know, stood by your product or made them a new one for free or something, which would be the same yes, cost to you. It, it with blows doing them that, away. It could re- with doing that, it could reward you in the long run. It repairs that, the that relationship. Person's gonna, yeah, that person's going to remember that and they're going to come back. Uh-huh. And going back to the whole me pulling my product, look at it this way. If And I mean this, no offense to anyone out there, I'm not pointing out anyone anyone in particular, but if you have a complaint on a significant number of of your uh, items that you make, perhaps refine your skill before you get to that point. I don't think anyone online here has this or in our community has this problem. A lot of people make fairly, really, or really beautiful stuff. Um, and if you're selling a lot of it, I mean, if you are getting a lot of complaints, <laughs> stop, rethink it, redesign it. That's what I did with my uh, with my 3D printing. You know, there's something clearly that's not there to the level that people are expecting. Um, And, you know, but most of us are getting maybe a complaint a year, if that. And I think we can eat that cost. (laughs) Also, you know, turn it into a learning experience. Learn from it. Dude, like, okay, think of this. Get better. I bought my CNC. CNC got lost in by USPS. Without even blinking, Shapoko sent me a second one. They they That's were wild. basically out eight you know eighteen hundred dollars, and just sent me a new one. Then, then both appeared, and I you know I hit them up. Obviously, I want to make because they did right by me. I'm gonna do right by them. I could have just kept both of them and just be a jerk, but that's just not right. So you know I ended up reaching out to them like, hey guys, I it, got a second one. Two? I mean, you could sell it, I guess. But I mean, I, yeah, le- I mean, I the- legit told them like, hey, I can make a ton of content around this if you want to keep want me to keep both. But I got mm-hmm. both. And they were like, no, no, no that's a, like we appreciate it. 
Uh, but they were nice about it. We Here's the shipping it. label. Here's the shipping label. Yep. <laughs> so, but it was, they, you know, they took a major hit. And I know they sell a decent amount of these things, but that's still a large hit. Uh-huh. Right. You know, that's, that's, the, and that customer service, I will forever recommend them because of how they reacted. Uh, you know, I've had companies that I broke the tool or I used the tool improperly and, may, and maybe, or something was my fault and they replaced it for free or serviced it or discounted it or covered the shipping or whatever, that that's the kind of experience that just blows you away. And you're going to remember it. And you're going to remember it. Yeah. And that's, this kind of goes into, I mean, it, it's tied into the question because I have people ask me a lot, Hey, what do you think about this tool? What do you think about that tool? And, um, <clears throat> I think I mentioned this before, but I, I think a lot of these large brands that are the high end tools, and this, this goes to customer service. I'll relate it back. I promise. <laughs> um, I think overall the, the high end tools, they're all really good. Uh, you're not going to get, there's a lot of stories about customer about problems with tools from specific brands in this community. And I think the real problem is, is when I get a really nice tool and I'm really happy about it, the bottom line is I'm probably not going to go make a review about it, which isn't, you know, which is shame on me. I'm not going to, I try to get on my social media platform and say, Hey, I'm really happy with this tool when I'm happy about it. And when I'm not happy about a tool, I try to reach out to the manufacturer and say, Hey, I'm not happy about something. But a lot of people jump on the, on the internet and just start complaining about it right away. Wreck them on a review. And and they just destroy them on a review and you'll get, and you're going into, you're going to, okay, what's the first thing you do when you go to buy something? You're going to look at reviews. Check reviews. And you know, the bottom line is the percentage of people who make a good review is far lower than the percentage of people who make bad reviews about things. So, right. you know, someone comes to me and goes, oh man, I just, I read that the Jet bandsaw, I'm just picking this random thing. Yeah. The Jet 14 inch bandsaw has bad tracking issues. It's like, well, does it though? Or did the one guy get a bad machine <clears throat> and he's super unhappy? I mean, those are expensive tools. You're putting yeah. a lot of money on the table and I get it. Like you've just spent what, 1200 bucks on a 14 inch bandsaw and it comes to you and it's busted. I would right. be pissed. The The problem is, is people jump online and go, man, this thing is garbage. This company is garbage. Everything it's, People get pissed and it's understandable. I mean, it's not as expensive as a car, but it's similar. You know, you want your, you bought this new thing. You want it to work. Well, you know, obviously that scales up with the price of the item, how frustrated you get. But, you know, when you're selling like a $200 cutting board um, and they get it and they're not happy with it, the right thing for you to do is to correct it. And the right thing for a large manufacturer of tools to do is to correct it. And when people don't get the customer service they want, that's how these bad reputations get out in the in the world. I mean, that's just the bottom line. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. that's just common sense. Stuff. I mean, great point. People are people don't leave positive reviews because they don't. If something works, it just works, and it's not an inconvenience. And they just want to go use it. It doesn't impact <laughs> yeah, it their works, life. You're happy and life well is good. enough mm-hmm. to leave a review or to be forced to sit down right. and write a review. If it impacts you negatively, that's when you jump on it. So your your main thing, and this isn't only uh, to kind of answer his question, not only when there's a mistake, but even when you're doing a regular thing. Like when I sell something on Etsy, if I reach out to them directly and ask them questions or they're asked for some customization and we actually have a conversation, I almost always get a review on there because I reached out to them directly. We talked or I found them on Instagram and we talked or whatever. 
you want to make them feel like they want to engage because you've actually impacted them positively by having a good experience. Mm-hmm. That's how, that's what you really want to do. And now the other part of this is, uh, let's talk about turning away business real quick, because sometimes it's easier to turn a customer down or away or uh, refuse a job than to work with that customer. If you see this thing being a problem, you know, I, I don't believe in the customer is always right. I believe in the Mm-mm. do right by your customer. Right. Customers right. are sometimes wrong. They're sometimes mean. And there's sometimes people. they have unrealistic expectations. Mm-hmm. It happens. And I much rather turn service away or turn down a job uh, or refer to somebody else than to work with someone that's difficult or do something that I know I'm not fully capable of and will do a poor job at. So I mean, you you just can't – that's 100% the right way to do it because we're too small of businesses to be able to let the customer step on us because we'll just, we'll just fold. I mean, we'll just yep. be out. Anyone doing this, right. you got to do everything you can to protect yourself. You have to protect yourself. And it, it's both things. It's what Dan said. Make the customer feel like a rock star. And don't let that person take advantage of you. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I mean, so it's both those things. And you have to figure yeah, out. Yeah, don't let them beat them. you down. Right. You know? and There, there f- are people like that in the world. Yep. Stand firm on your price. Uh, they tell you it's one thing. Then just, okay, then it's not for you. Go find the guy who's going to make it for that price that you want. Yep. I've um, done that in the past. You know, you just you simply got to gotta tell people, I don't think we're a good fit to work together. Yep. And uh, I will do what I can to find somebody for you. Mm-hmm. I'll reach out to my local community and <laughs> I'll give you some, a few recommendations. And I've right. done that in the and past. Then ghost, and then you ghost. Photography and woodworking. <laughs> like a uh, professional. All right. Uh, next question. Um, That's pretty good. That was a good conversation. I like that. Yeah, that, that was, was good. Um this next one is from Jeff over at Damn Yankee Workshop. Howdy, y'all. This is Jeff over at Damn Yankee Woodworks. I uh, got a quick one for you, or it should be a quick one. Uh, when you guys have multiple orders you're working on or you have a list of orders you're working on uh, and need to keep them in order, what do you guys use? Do you use paperwork, whiteboards, computer software? How do you guys keep organized in your shop? Uh, appreciate everything you guys are doing. Keep doing it. And, uh, be listening for your answer. Thanks, Jeff. Pete, what do you do? Um, I do a couple of things. So I I have a whiteboard in a shop. If it's you know just a couple of quick things, I'll I'll jot them on there uh, real quick. But usually, what I do is I just have a spreadsheet, it, and it's actually the same spreadsheet that I keep all my kind of finances on of uh, expenditures and money coming in. And it's simply just saying like the project person's name, and it's dated. It's all in chronological chronological order. Um, and then there's a quoted price on there. And until, you know, that's basically how I follow it. Mm. It's just going in order of projects. So especially when I, when I get flooded with like 3D printing orders, um, I actually have these little sheets that I print down and it's just like name, project, the date it came in. If there's a custom logo, I have like the, the customer okay the logo. And so there's like little check marks that I check off, you know, make sure that I have their address and all that stuff. Cause I've, there's been times that I work with someone on a project, I designed it, got it all done. And then like a day later, I went to ship it out and I don't have their address. And then it took two more days to get their address. Mm. And now it's delayed by three days because it's the weekend. And it's a poor, that's going back to the customer experience. It's a poor experience. So you want to make sure to have all these little things uh, knocked out. But I, I'm a big fan of spreadsheets. I use, uh, personally, I use numbers because uh, I do most of my stuff on the Mac. Uh, and you can view it on iCloud.com. I have it on my phone all the time. It's just a nice, quick way to drop things in there. Um 
I use it for sticker swaps, all that stuff. Same thing. I try to have the same urgency with that as I do with any kind of order. And it keeps things in order because you obviously have, you have to put them in chronological order. So even if there's no date, you just go top down. Nice and easy. Right. That's it. That what about sense. you, Dan? I just have a whiteboard. I have it right by my desk right here. I'm pointing at it. You guys can't see me pointing at it, but right there <laughs> it is. It's just the project and the person's name. Most of the things I make are local just because they're bigger projects. Um, I don't typically build beds and send them across the country. Huh. Um, so with their name there, I, I know we already have communication started via email or message or something. So I can just reference that and I can reach out to them real quick and get all the information I need. And there's a lot of times where I'll go back and forth with a client during the project and ask them questions, you know, get more specifics about things. How, how, how much do you want something to overlay? How big do you want it exactly? And, you know, it's, I, I keep everything very simple, just a whiteboard. Maybe I should look into uh, a spreadsheet. I know at the other shop I used to work at, he uses a uh, Trello <coughs> and, uh, you know, a couple apps. Uh, Airtable is a popular, I hear a lot of yeah. people use Airtable. But he, he does, he's he's a bigger production shop than I am, and he's working on several mm-hmm. projects at a time, and that makes sense. I'm, I usually just do one project at a time just because I don't have the space to do multiple at once. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah, I mean, my, I, I use a whiteboard, too. I have a whiteboard up on my wall where I have an empty list of projects for customers. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, that's, that's what I do. I put everything up there, and it's – I was using my phone, and I found that having it visible in my shop – was very motivating for me for some reason. Mm-hmm. So being able yeah. to see all the projects, it was very. It kept me. Oh, I gotta get to this. Gotta get to this. It's a vis- It's really visual, so I don't have to pull my. F- you know, I'm constantly on my phone, but you know, jumping into the app. If I see it there, if I turn around and look at it, it's it really keeps me going. So it's and it's staring right back at you, right? It, it's uh, I've got a responsibility to this person. I need to get it done. Yep, and I like uh, that too. And uh, you know, <clears throat> I, I have my shop set up on my website. And that's pretty seamless. I mean, it's really nice. It sends me, um, it sends me the order information, all their everything I need for the customer, um, and it's all there built into the app. I have like a whole shop manager in the app. It's, it's really nice. I can, I can set the app can either or the order can be uh, pending or fulfilled. And when I fulfill, I can send them the tracking information. So it has a really nice structure built into it. But I still take that and write it on my whiteboard because. I can see it and it just, it can't be forgotten. It's in your face Um, all the time. Yeah. It just can't be, I can't be, I can't forget it. I can't, I can't accidentally forget it because it goes back to the customer service thing. If I fall out of organ, actually, well, here's, here's a story. This is a family friend. Um, She had ordered a cutting board and I had, this is before I had raised some prices back in November. And um, there was some issues with timing and stuff. Uh, on both of our parts and I ended up, it was done back in, in December and I had never shipped it and I just forgot about it. And when I did my shop move, it got put in with the rest of my inventory. Uh, cause I keep a small amount of inventory in my shop and, uh, she messaged, well, she didn't message me. She talked to a family member, family member reached out and said, Hey, this person was asking about this board. And I'm like, what? I shipped that back in, in January. And I went back into my little my shelf where I keep my inventory, and nope, it was sitting there on my shelf. I could not believe it. I totally spaced it. And if that was a customer, I would have lost that relationship with that customer for sure. But luckily, it's a family friend. She was getting a very good price on it. 
and it's all worked out now. And I, I, I'm sure she's not upset now, but, um, uh, you know, you can't let things slip through the cracks. You got to, like Dan yeah. said, you got to treat them right. You got to treat these people right. Cause they're, they're your bread and butter and they're the ones that are going to keep you doing something you love, assuming you love doing this. <laughs> assuming you're not just doing this just to only to pay the I bills. Hate it. <laughs> if it's not just for paying the bills, if it's paying the bills and something you love, you know, you probably want to keep doing it as long as you can. So yeah, it's, um, it's crazy. You just got to find a way to keep yourself organized and keep moving forward. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, we're, we're almost at the hour mark. So I know. I noticed that. I think uh, we've been really chatty see. today. Yeah. We're yeah. just a bunch of chatty Cathy's. So I don't think we're going to get into any more questions. I think we'll just, um, kind of BS our way out of the rest of this. I mean, <laughs> Pete, <laughs> Pete, Pete, what do you, what do you do in the rest of the day? I am, uh, well, we recorded kind of early today, so I'm going to get yeah. in here. I'm going to try to figure out how to lift that damn CNC as flat as possible and throw this drawer underneath it. I feel like I'm so eager to just to get it in there. I'm going to finish it or finish the walnut on there after that I actually install it. <laughs> I'm just, I just need to get it in there. <laughs> um, and then uh, it's cool. I'm going to CNC a bunch of little like uh, little holders for the inside of it. So going to be nice and organized. I Sweet. cannot freaking wait because I want to reclaim some shop space. Yeah. It's Very organization nice. is, I mean, it goes back to what we were just talking about. Shop organization is just so nice. It's just yeah. so nice. Everything every, with everything, having a home is the best. And so. if I may just take over on like a personal note, I just want to thank everyone that's reached out, including you guys. You've been like a big support for me the last uh, couple of weeks. Uh-huh. I really appreciate it. Like anyone that's <laughs> we reached just out, to know if we had to replace so you. Yeah, um, we were. Yeah. We had the. You're calls gonna out die. We need to. No, I signed a contract. Know. You're not. You can't <laughs> get rid of me. <laughs> It'll be weekend at Bernie's. Just pee in a chair. <laughs> but thank you everyone for reaching out. Um, what about no, you guys? Pete, what, are, all, what are you working on today? You, it's crazy that you actually have coronavirus. I mean, we I were saying me and Dan were like texting each other. We're like, I think Pete actually has a coronavirus and then you told us. You know, the worst is I still can't Call smell it. anything. I can't <laughs> smell a damn thing. Nailed it. <laughs> That's so wild, dude. Like food that sucks, man. Eating food is basically just for energy at this point. Right. I can't taste anything. It sucks. That sucks, dude. All right. I'm glad you're feeling better. Back to regular scheduled pro- programming. Yeah. And Dan, what about you, man? What are you doing the rest of the day? I'm gonna put pants on, first of all. Hot. That's a good goal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to go back out in the garage. It's a beautiful day. I'm going to open the doors, you know, and I'm going to get to rocking on that bed. I got a lot to do. It is 65 here. That's like my favorite temperature in it's the world. 77 in Jersey. It, it's 65 My favorite temperature is 69. Okay. <laughs> um, I have to get my AC down soon. And then I have to figure out where the hell I'm going to put an AC in here. I have to it's do 75 currently in I have Bellevue, to Nebraska. I have to figure out a air conditioning. Really, it's going to be 93 next weekend. Ooh. I hate the summer. I hate it. It's going to be so hot. <laughs> I got to. I got to get something figured out this week because uh, I would I like to I'm have gonna, AC in my shop, but I think I'm going to buy one of those portable, like roll around AC units. That's what I got. And then I'm going to put. Does like, it work, a, Pete? It works it pretty works well, good? although I I haven't because I I literally have to punch a hole in a wall. I have to. I do too. A hole for a vent. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. I, I was going to put like a dryer vent through. That's what with I was going to do. Is that what you're doing? Okay, yeah. I was going to put yeah. like, I was going to do that on the other side. I think I'm going to do that underneath my, uh, I might my, do that. So. My little station where I have the cordless screw guns and stuff. I think it'll fit right over there. The one I'm looking at, it actually works off my Alexa. 
I can have it turn it on and off with my voice command. Oh, nice. And it has dehumidifier. It's heater, cooler, dehumidifier, and just a regular fan. I think I'm just going to pick nice. that thing up this week because I can't handle I can't handle working in my shop in the summer when it's hot like that. It's the worst. It's unbearable. It like is unbearable. I'll open the window or the doors and just have fans going, but the fans are just moving air and it's just yep. hot. Yep. Um, you ever get sweat like on wood? It's... Oh, the humidity? humidity levels high. It gets bad. Is it high? Yeah, it gets bad in the summer. Like it, August is pretty much like unbearable. I'll like I'll be sweating. You ever get sweat on a piece of wood and it just stains the the wood? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I Ew. I sweat like crazy and I don't have nearly the humidity you guys have. Like not even close. Yeah, we get seventy five to eighty percent humidity. Yeah, we'll, we'll get up to ninety summer, here. It's, it's, it's bad in August. Oh, that sounds horrible. Yeah. I mean, yeah, even with that AC, yeah. I'm gonna have to run it for like just like with the heater. I'll have to run it for a few hours before I can like get in here. Yeah, that's the thing I was gonna do is uh, when I get home because when I get you know once we're out of this uh, crazy the lockdown this shelter in place stuff, I'll get back into my normal schedule and that's usually you know get up in the morning, go check on the shop. I usually open up my garage doors and my back the back door to my shop and it creates mm-hmm. a nice breeze there and pulls out all the heat from the night. Gets it all cool. Then I lock everything down. And then what I was going to do is I'm going to start turning on the AC. I want to get that voice controlled one because I'd like to turn on my AC before I'm heading home from work. And then by the time we're done with dinner, my shop will be nice and cool. And um, I just don't want to deal with the heat. I just want to be able to like continuously work in there. So, um, Yeah, right now is like the sweet time. The next like month, it's a perfect time to work. It's not a lot of humidity. It's nice and chill. I'm loving it. Yeah. It's pretty great. Well, let's uh, start waking up earlier. Let's. You should. You need to get on <laughs> schedule, dude. Let's. Uh, let's wrap this rascal up. Wrap it up. Let's. Uh, so we're gonna. You know. Thank you for everyone. Thank you to everyone who's listening. Thank you for all the support. Um, the podcast Instagram page grew a lot this last week. We must have done something right on the last episode. Uh, it did really well. So thank you to everyone for that. Really. I mean, I can't. I can definitely speak for these guys when I say we really appreciate it. We are, uh, the three of us really care about this podcast and doing it. We have a lot of fun with it. We really want to see it grow and we really appreciate everyone who helps with that. Um, we got, we just keep getting questions and, and emails and voicemails and we just love it. We couldn't, we're just, we're just, we just love it. We're just really excited about it. We're really thankful for it and uh, keep sending them in. Uh, recording the voicemail on your phone, it works really well. Uh, we got a few of those this week and you yep. just email it to another woodshop podcast at gmail.com. Works the best. Uh, we have the phone, uh, the phone line, the Google Voice line. It's uh, seven five four two two call AWP five five Thank you, two nine seven or call AWP. Perfect. We actually got a voicemail uh, recorded while we were talking. Yes, oh, so we got can, that. We can talk about that last next week. We'll talk about that next week. So, um, and not only that, but uh, guys, if you want to hear us talk about something, a show topic. Mm-hmm. Send it our way because we, yeah, we, we need topics. Want questions. We want topics. Yeah, we yeah. want topics. We want, yeah, we'll discuss it. Not just a question for sure. Good point, Pete. We're actually running out of show topics. Not that it's a real issue. We can just come up with stuff. But we yeah, really. Well, I got I got topics galore, but you guys yeah. shoot them down all the time because we, they're terrible. They're really stupid. It's like, why do chipmunks look silly? We're going to talk about that for an hour. No, uh, but like it's, but, um, but yeah, any, anything you guys want to hear us talk about or hear our opinions on, you know, please let us know. I mean, that's, we just want to discuss it. So. Um, and then, you know, reviews. The reviews are doing really well. We're getting yep. – the, the reviews are going up constantly, and we really appreciate that too. So 
uh, five star reviews. I'm only. blown away by the reviews. They're yeah. Ah oh, man, like you, everyone that's reviewing? everyone that's reviewing. You guys that's rock. Nice. It just makes my day when I read yeah, these we, reviews. We were just talking about how no one goes and reviews things, and then we're we're getting good reviews. So um, <laughs> yeah, it's apparently we haven't really hurt anyone yet. Imagine if we were bad, we would have so many more reviews, but they'd be bad. Let's yeah, we let's lower get... the quality just a bit, just to get some more reviews. <laughs> I like that idea. That's a good plan. <laughs> But anyway, that's it for us for this week. We'll be back next week for sure. And uh, we just really for appreciate shizzle. it. For, 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 for shizzle. I, I just can't <laughs> say anything. Uh, so, yes, thank, thank you so much. And, uh, you know, we'll talk to you guys next week. Have a great week. And uh, don't forget to write in. And we love you long time. Bye, 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 bye